Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, hey there, rugby fans. One more time, welcome to the MLR Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face of Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself, from the Rooney Supporters Club. And for the first time, joining us all the way from Pretoria, South Africa, we welcome Ruan from Dissecting Rugby. Ruan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Uh, it's a uh, sure big fan, fan of the fan zone, so really excited to be here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, why is all of a sudden it's already on your fucking work? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Man. Uh, look, man, I, I hate to, to hate to interrupt you there. That was a really long, awkward pause on the intro, and it's not. Then you your- went in and out. Yeah, he went in and out too. No, really. Yeah, so it kind of cut out in your words as well as the long pause. So I am, I mean, look, there's not much you can do. I know what internet in South Africa is like, man. And, you know, I mean, if you, for the most part, it's it's crap, you know, and if you don't have electricity, what can you do? (laughs) So, so we're going to, we're going to have to try and figure this one out though, to be able to move forward because I want to do it. And yeah. we're going to have to reopen it again. I, I mean, Scott, am I crazy? Or did that just sound like bad? Because of the Yeah, no, it's, it's like when we went to test him uh, uh, practicing the pauses and there was that extra three seconds to it. I have no idea why that happened. And I'm making sure that I'm staying away from the mic so that way I'm not interrupting his audio because you know that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, like if you, you'll see me move back. So that way I'm trying not to track it, but... Okay. Still, I got an idea though. What we can do is, you know what? Um, wh- what I'm going to do is, I'm actually going to do the same introduction, but instead of throwing to you first, Scott, I'm going to throw it to him first because then we'll be counting for that delay, and he'll just be able to talk his rant right from the start, right? And then you can build on top of that. That way, it doesn't seem to anybody because once he's talking, it's fine. It's just yeah. the delay. So that way, um. When I say to you, hey, Ron, welcome to the show, you're going to say, oh, in fact, don't even, and I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to say, hey, welcome to the show, because there's that weird delay. And then I'm going to go into explaining how it works. Um, and then I'm going to hand it to you to talk first, to say, now, Ruan, the floor is yours. Here's your opportunity to rant. Go ahead. And then you can just do your full two-minute long thing on what you want to talk about. Does that sound good? Sounds good, yeah. Okay. Scott, does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes sense. And you know what? When you do that, we know that pause is going to come up, so we could just right. cut out the two-second delay, and it'll be pretty much seamless. So, Yeah, so this way I'm thinking that it's going to be better for, for the edit and better for the flow. It's going to seem more natural. So, yeah. again, Ruan, to, I'm going to just say, for the first time, we got Ruan from Dissecting Rugby joining us here. Thank you for joining us. I'm not going to give you the chance to respond, Okay. Okay, cool. All right, let's uh, try that again. And 
I need to write down these numbers. So let's do it at four minutes even. It's a pity because I, I mean, I know it's not your fault, man, and there's nothing you can do about it. We're just going to try and work towards finding a way that it will work in the edit. By the way, it looks like Seattle just got an NHL hockey okay. team. Y'all know. Oh, really? Wow, that's going to be overshadow anything that uh, they uh, they do in rugby. I mean, Jesus, that's a sports-mad city, so it will do well. And with its proximity to Vancouver, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's going to be a rivalry there. I'm, I can't believe that Quebec didn't get their franchise back, but they gave one to fucking Seattle. That's crazy to me, but anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, follow the money, right? There must be more there. Okay, well, let's get ready to be able to start it. Okay. We're going to start it in three, two, one. Well, hey there, Major League Rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the MLR Rant Podcast Show. My name, you for your... Ah. <laughs> I'm just typing <laughs> four 30-minute restart, and then you fucked it up. <laughs> ah, okay, let me go on five. Let me go on five. Okay. God damn it. All right, my rhythm's off. Get your rhythm back, Ty. Get your rhythm back. <clears throat> How now, brown cow? Well, hey there, Major League Rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the MLR Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, your host, alongside Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself, all the way from the Rooney Supporters Club. And joining us for the first time, we have Ruan from Dissecting Rugby all the way from Pretoria, South Africa, and these gentlemen are here to be able to rant the issues of today. How does it work? Well, fans, let me remind you that these gentlemen will be battling it out in what we call our rugby debate in the rant show. They will have two minutes to be able to tell us what they think about the topics at hand at the end of the show. One of them will be crowned the champion for today's battle between these two. And what are they going to be battling? First up, we're going to ask them, what do they think of the idea of introducing Sevens Rugby to Major League Rugby itself? Is it a good idea? How would it work? Let's find out from these ranters. And we're going to do so by handing the floor over to Ruan to be able to tell us what he thinks. Let's go ahead and hand the floor over to you. So, Ruan, the floor is yours. Thanks, Ty. It's uh, great, great to be on the show, long-term fan of both the, the runs and the, and the fan zone. So our sevens, it's an interesting one because you have to look at, uh, do you want it to be a commercial product or do you want it to be connected to the league as sort of a, as an advertisement for the league? Like we saw uh, Nola Sevens, where they were quite successful at the Rugby Town Sevens. But like, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, it's great to be on the show. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Let me just restart that. Uh, okay, I'll start from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, it's great. Hey, guys, it's great to be on the show. Long-time fan of the, the both the rant and the fan zone. Yeah, Sevens, it's an interesting one in the USA more. I think I think it's a good opportunity, but you have to look: Are you going to get a commercial, commercial, commercial league, or are you going to hold it, sort of connect to the 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 uh, the major league that you already have now? We saw Nola Sevens being doing really well at the Rugby Town Sevens, so you have to decide: Are you going to set up a league like that where you have 
one one sevens tournament for 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 everyone. We're just going to go and compete in the rugby town sevens, or you're going to start a major league sevens. So, because I think if you start a major league sevens, just of that will be will be crazy. Because if you want to be commercially viable, you're going to have to have more than one tournament, and then you're going to have to start looking at hotels. You're going to start looking at transport. How are you going to move the team? How long are you going to have the tournament? So, I think it's an interesting one, sort of to, to try and figure out how do you how do you want to set it up? Do you want to set it up as one tournament a year? Just advertise major league rugby sevens do you want a separate league that is going to be commercially successful right so what you bring up is obvious challenges there's an incredible amount of logistics to be able to figure out before you could even go down this road but i think ultimately it's a product that does work and has proven to work in fact to be able to give our viewers a better understanding when we talk about sevens rugby Yes, it's a completely different code. And while it doesn't have the same way to translate to audiences in the US, Sevens is a very powerful tool to be able to connect people with the rugby product itself. Some of the greatest examples within North America would be that of the HSBC Sevens, where it has two legs in North America, the first of which being in LA and then following that in Vancouver. And these are hugely successful events, as was shown in the 2020 calendar before they ultimately had to shut down because of COVID reasons and put an end to the season. But what has seen in America is incredible growth when it comes to Sevens and the brand. It's among some of the most popular uh, on television with NBC picking up rights from as early as 2011 to be able to broadcast it across several different media platforms that they own, uh, including NBC Sports. They continue to be able to show more and more content with Sevens Rugby. However, in MLR, it's not the same. So could it be a way to be able to connect with larger audiences is what a lot of people have been asking about sevens in the rugby fan circles. Scott, what are your thoughts in regards to what I said and what the fans are saying and about sevens rugby for the MLR? Well, I think it comes down to almost the same things we were talking about when we, when we had a previous episode, we were talking about MLR, MLR all-star games. Um, do the owners want to give the chance that some of these guys might get injured playing sevens. Now, most guys do play uh, their individual one club in the off season to stay in shape. So let, let's, let's put that aside. Let's say the owners say it, it's, they don't mind it. You know, the players will be under contract for that season. Let's say the contracts extend through whatever season you want for MLR sevens. And I think ruin goes back and, and, and displayed it, you know, pretty much put it out there. Do these MLR teams that, that would have a sevens team like NOLA sevens go and play places like rugby town or would there be their own series? I would love to see their own series. I think if you can build um, the MLR fan base a little bigger, um, having a series, you know, maybe it's just one on the West coast, one central in Texas and one, in, you know, in the, on the East coast and you just have the three series. And then you, you point it that way. You have to remember a lot of MLR players actually played sevens. I mean, I'm just thinking, again, I always think Rooney. I'm obviously Rooney-centric. Chris Matino, Marcus uh, Sabatou. Chad um, Goff, who we just had on the show. Chad, Chad Goff, sevens. Um, Rooney just signed two uh, sevens players, from from uh, one from Fiji and one from New Zealand. So, I mean, a lot of MLR players have seven experience. So it's not outside the realm of getting guys who either aren't going to be selected for ARC for whatever reason aren't going to be selected for rugby world cups for whatever reason and want to continue to play for the MLR teams. And also you can take some of your guys from your, your 
um, provisional squad, your under 23s, um, you know, um, the, um, uh, it's, I'm losing the Atlanta 404 squad. I'm sure there's some sevens players on there and you put them on the team and you kind of do a showcase. So like I said, I think you can make it commercially viable and say, we're going to have three, a three series. We're going to have one on the West coast, one central one on the East coast, and you can showcase the young talent. And honestly, if you told me go down to DC for two days of rugby sevens to watch MLR play rugby sevens, I'd be interested in that. And I would definitely go. So I could see it being viable if you do it in small little spurts. Also, you can also have these seven teams, seven teams and play them as curtain raisers. I know I'm going past my two minutes, but <laughs> for those of you, for those of you that don't know, I, an advantage I, play. you got some good points. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, keep playing. The ball is in play. So I, I've discussed this in the MLR fan zone uh, with a couple people, you know, Rooney had a curtain raiser for just about every home opener in 2019, which included um, FDNY versus NYPD. It, cl- it included division one, division two and division three club teams playing against each other, usually from different regions. So you take a New York team, you find somebody from DC and, and they play together. Um, we even had a high school teams play um, in 2020. It was supposed to be, I believe Rooney under twenties versus Connick under 18s. So why not have those curtain raisers be sevens? And they're the guys, again, from the under 23 uh, teams, the under 20 teams, the, the academy teams. And you could you could, you don't necessarily have to have a season. You can use them as curtain raisers. You could do a halftime and have a quick sevens half at halftime. You know, it's something I think you could do with that code that has endless possibilities, still gives the fan, the average fan, uh, some sevens viewing joy we, right. we do we do like sevens i mean we watch it all the time we love watching perry baker make those crazy runs and i think right now most rugby fans are becoming rugby fans because of the hsbc sevens because that's they're seeing it on television so if, we, if you can say hey come watch this 15s they do have a sevens team you, you maybe you'll pull in some more casual viewers Right. And Sevens is an incredible game to be able to attract new viewers to rugby. Uh, It's an easier game to be able to understand. The entertainment that it packs inside a 15-minute game is unbelievable. And this is why it has been a successful product at the level of HSBC, uh, which, of course, has gone through many different versions. But its most recent version in the U.S. was adopted in L.A., having moved from Vegas. Vegas itself was a great, you know, I would say location, but not a great venue. Um, and so we've That's had Ben Foden. He knows about that. that. And yeah, yeah. So venues are an important thing. So you had spoken about okay, maybe a series. Do they go on the road? Do they end up playing at different venues? Well, there's an expense there, right? To be able to now burden a team with a traveling sevens organization with them. And what I mean by that is the team and their support staff. Yes, you could combine a lot of those elements, but inevitably it's going to add an additional cost that hopefully you can avoid by putting it in one place and maybe use it as a preseason warm-up for for the the season ahead. Now, this was actually, I saw recently uh, through a partnership with the Rambling Jesters and the Free Jacks. So they had recently entered a partnership with the owner of uh, the Rambling Jesters. I believe the name is David Barry. And with this partnership and his background in rugby sevens. Now, of course, if you're not familiar, Rambling Jesters are the current rugby town champions. Now, they would have gone on to be able to hopefully defend their title this year. Had that actually taken place, it would have been this coming October, sorry, August uh, 21st to 23. However, that's not going to be the case. But the model is proven. You've got the talent. You've got the teams that are interested. Nola's already performed well at Rugby Town. So if you could find a neutral venue, and it was recommended on the Rugby Wrap-Up show where David Barry was interviewed by McCarthy and and, and squad, 
that you could use Glendale as a neutral venue. They've already proven to host good two-day events when it comes to Rugby Sevens. It's a rugby-orientated MLR venue. It's got a void now. Wouldn't that be a great way to kick off the season to be able to build attention or perhaps in the postseason where you can keep that momentum going from what you have built up in in the season itself? I want to be able to hear some thoughts from Ruan in regards to that. So we're going to hand it back to you. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think if you look at the American market, fans demand entertainment. I've heard from other South Africans who went to NFL or NBA games, and they said the fan day experience is something else. So I think the great thing is with Sevens, you're not necessarily just selling rugby. You're selling a festival. So you can create a great entertaining environment. You can have live bands there. You could have games for kids. You could have entertainment outside the stadium as well. So if you can create an atmosphere where people feel like they're not just coming to a sports event, but they're coming to a festival to enjoy, you can attract a lot of people who aren't necessarily rugby fans, but who want to, want to do something with their family for the day out. So you can bring them to a venue like Rugby Town that has, that has, the, that has the facilities. They have the I mean, the entire Glendale Infinity Park where you can set up all these different events for people to enjoy and then introduce them into the game of rugby that way instead of just saying, okay, we're having a rugby tournament, rugby sevens, come and watch you. You create a, a spectacle, you create a festival for people to come and enjoy and then through that, introduce them to rugby and use that as a mechanism to to advertise. As you said, you can have that at, at the beginning or right, right before before the MLR season starts and then use that to introduce them to the MLR. Right. So come for the party, stay for the rugby. (laughs) So in in talking about attendances, now this is something that I wanted to be able to touch on and I'll swing it back to you, Scott, in a moment um, because I know that you got a lot that you can share there. But attendances for the uh, HSBC Sevens, just as a gauge of rugby fandom and support that you had touched on, Ruan, the 2010 first tournament held in the U.S. for Sevens back in 2010, it was held in Vegas then, was 36,600 people for the tournament in attendance. Great numbers, right? You fast forward to 2018 and it already increased to 65,000 people. So you're now almost nearly doubling. And of course, now the move to LA also ended up increasing that even further. So clearly there's a market that enjoys sevens. And maybe it's because, as you say, it does give that festival environment. It does have great entertainment value. It's a quick, easy product to be able to understand. And as a result, for fans to adopt. Scott, we throw it back to you. And, you know, you were talking about cost before, and you have to realize, too, think about it. So MLR roster, you have a 23-man roster. You probably bring along, I'd say, another eight guys because in in 15s, obviously, there are specialized positions. And if somebody were to get nicked up, God forbid somebody, you know, got hit by a bus on the way to the stadium, you need to kind of back up that tight, that extra tight head. You shouldn't back up when you're talking about hitting a bus. (laughs) Back up, roll over, hit him again. You know how we do in New York. If we're going to hit you, you're going to get hurt. Make sure it sticks. Um, Yeah, exactly. And then curl up the the license plate so they can't catch you. But um, you you realistically, so in in rugby sevens, you only dress 12 players. So realistically, you would only need to bring, let's say, 15 because the positions aren't as specialized. So And and to be honest, if you know, like I said, if if you do it where you know you're going to have a series and you're only going to have three of them, you know, what a, if every MLR team had a sevens, 
uh, uh, team times 15. It's like 170 people plus support staff. So let's say 200 to 250 people. That's, you know, 250 rooms at a hotel. You're going to get block uh, uh, rooms for, um, you know, you both flights are flights. They're always going to be flights. But, you know, again, with that atmosphere and that party atmosphere, it's one of those things where I think the expenses will be less because you're going to have, you're going to put on more of a show. You're going to have fans show up. Um, you, you, you're going to have group rates on everything. And you know, again, we're going to be in LA, then we're going to be in Dallas, then we're going to be in New England. Um, we know where everybody's going to be. Only have 15 players. You're going to have what, and again, that, you have less training staff. You need to have less coaches. You need to have one less water person. You know, so I think in, on the expense wise, it evens out. Um, but I do think Ruin's right. The party atmosphere is what you're looking for. You always see it when you're watching um, the U.S. Uh, 7s, uh, HSBC 7s here. Um, it's that party atmosphere. It's that crazy dude who runs out on the field dressed like a referee and starts to dance. And again, if I were the casual MLR fan, you make that a rugby weekend. I mean, just like you would make it a rugby weekend if you were on a 7s team and wanted to go to Rugby Town, wanted to go to New York 7s, wanted to go to any any type of, of you know, rugby um, uh sevens tournament why not go and again you're supporting your team and again for the 14 teams let's say if we include hawaii you have seven matches a day uh you, you know it'll go through the entire day uh, and then the next the next the next day you have just like you do in sevens you, you do your plate matches and stuff and I, that's a great weekend to me. It's a great weekend to, right. to watch rugby that way. And it's already a proven formula. And then on top of that, because they're attached to an MLR team, you would have to imagine that there would be a great crossover in the viewers because they have a built-in audience. So Nola experienced this, you know, when they entered their team at Rugby Town. And when we think about events that are doing that well at the moment, it is Rugby Town, New York Sevens. You know, there's a whole host of more events, but they are some of the standouts so the formula is already proven. The mechanics are easier to follow. You know, you just need to be able to get everybody on board. And to do that, you do have to overcome the obvious obstacle, which is costs. And you had touched on that. Well, one of the greatest ways to be able to offset costs is to be able to generate more income, right? And so when you look at that, it's going to be through sponsorship. So I had also, in my research, identified that one of the, you know, HSBC, of course, being the title sponsor of the Seven Series and has been since 2011, but it also comes through the TV and media rights, right? That's another great aspect there. So NBC has consistently been broadcasting since 2011, the Seven Series. Um, they began by broadcasting 10 hours, and so it steadily has increased and been offered on different platforms and different channels. Um, and to the point where they seem to be invested in it year after year after year, whereas we are still struggling in MLR to be able to have that same coverage, to have that same access. Yes, CBS and NBC have shown it, but do they do it consistently? Well, you would have to imagine that if you offered them a more well-rounded product and say, hey, we've got a sevens product and we've got a 15s product, we're either going to join them together or it's going to be a great way to be able to kick off the season, build some attention on Major League Rugby with a seven series hosted in Glendale that will build the platform to be able to move into the season where you can develop those relationships with the viewers and, of course, those broadcasters. Uh, so I think it's it's another great avenue to explore where that could be a huge upside uh, by including sevens in MLR. What do you guys think? Ron, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting point you bring up with with the broadcasting rights. I think the problem 
15s is it's not like the NFL where you have timeouts every couple of minutes and stoppages between plays. It's it's great to have a continuous game, but there's not a lot of room for advertisements in between. Whereas with sevens, you have a seven minute half, then you can run an ad, another seven minute half, and then you can run an ad before the next game starts. So I think for broadcasting companies, that's a major plus to get to to have those opportunities to run those ads and also because you attract a lot of people you could have uh, you could have uh, banners around around the stands and everything so when it comes to to broadcasting i think it's a much easier product to sell because you have those advertisement opportunities i think also connecting with fans is is much easier what what they've seen with the the the, the nfl and the nba the nfl is decreasing in popularity amongst younger people whereas the nba is increasing increasing and they found one of the younger fans connect better with with nba players because they're they're very much active on social media and so they feel like they get to see more of the play they get to go more into their life and i think with sevens you can have that because 15s it's more team game you have everyone working together to to reach the same goal to win their match whereas sevens you have star players like like perry baker or carling isles or siobelo sonatla from south africa and you can market these specific players you can get them active on social media you can say look at this great athlete and you can follow them and you can have cameras them during sevens, just tracking them, and that way fans can engage with the player more. So I think sevens also gives you that opportunity. Yeah, fantastic points you bring up there about how to market the brand or at least how marketable the product is. So you so rightly pointed out that there are opportunities for ad revenue with the, the water breaks. I mean, the break at half time, you know, there's a multitude of opportunities to be able to explore as an advertiser. So as a broadcaster, it can be a very profitable product to be able to be a part of. And again, being able to look at standout players that you know young people can look up to, they can follow. Yeah, great points there, Ron. I think you really took a commanding lead on that round there, in my opinion. Uh, Scott's making a strange face, so let's find out what he thinks. Well, here's my take on it. If you're going to do it, who who's the number one guy you want on your MLR 7th team? Perry Baker. Rooney signs Perry Baker to be an MLR 7's rooster. Uh, and then that way you're no, but you're marketing your, your, cause you think about it. You have all yeah. these Eagles on the 15 squad. They're dispersed throughout the, the United States and the MLR. Why not have uh Ben Pinkelman be a Seattle Seawolf sevens? Why not have Carlin Isles be a LA Giltini sevens player? And then now you get to see them play. Imagine you have Perry on one side and Carlin on the other side, and it's LA versus New York in a sevens match. Who's going to win that shootout? One, it's exciting for fans who are already fans of rugby. But again, going back to the casual fan who's most likely getting into rugby because of sevens, you'll say, oh, I saw Carlin Isles in an Eagles jersey. Oh, now who's the L.A. Giltinis? What's he doing outside of that? The question is, will his contract allow that with the sevens? And will Gary Gold allow that, which is a whole different story? Um, And... Well, I think you can you you can take some of those players. You can put them on an MLR sevens team. You can use the guys we have in the MLR. And like I said, there's a lot of sevens players who probably are looking for a shot on a 15 side. So again, you can use it as as that um, experimental squad. See what they're gonna do, and and it's just fun. But like, why right. not have fun with it? You know, it make well, you can make some money and have fun. the game. You know, yeah. and that's what you preach to young kids is that rugby is a fun game to be able to play to watch, to be a part of as a fan. So, yeah, fun is an important element because it's so heavily tied to the entertainment. Mm -hmm. Then it's a value for the experience for the fan. So, yeah, you are 100% correct that 
how great would it be to be able to have an established sevens player on the international circuit join a team for an invitational team that they put together, uh, provided that, of course, they have the ability to do so. Contracts is a completely another story. However, let's set that aside and imagine in, a, in, a, in an ideal world that would be possible. What a great way to be able to encourage an audience that already enjoys sevens to now begin to watch MLR teams because that's going to be the medium that converts them to also be watching 15s rugby in America and Canada. So a great point there from Scott as well. And uh, talking about some of the the, the, the notables um, in you know sevens, there are so many great names. But one of the notable things that we also have to recognize is that this is most likely not going to become to be a reality in the next year, 2021. With the Olympics looming and coming forward in the next year, provided everything goes ahead as per schedule, there's going to be competition for an Olympic medal. So why would this be that be the year to be able to do so? There's a big obstruction there for the MLR to be able to take on. Or you could argue, isn't that the greatest time because there's more attention on sevens? What do you think, Ruan? I think that that's a great point you build up there. So I watched an interview with, they had with uh, Neil Powell the other day, and he said one of the problems we have in South Africa where we're not supporting our sevens in, in, in the Olympics enough is we haven't really grown up with that Olympic dream to, to win a gold medal. There. We, we see the Rugby World Cup as a bigger thing than the Olympics. Well, I think in the USA, it's different. I mean, most people in the USA don't watch the, the, the Rugby World Cup, mm-hmm. but they watch the Olympics. So I think if you can you can market rugby through that, say, listen here, we have a team that's competing in the Olympics, they're going for gold. And I think the, the USA have a legitimate shot of winning it or at least getting into the semi-final or final. So I think that's a great point to build up there to grow the popularity of the game using the Olympics and that big stage that we have that, that you have there. And so use that to market your local seven say say as Scott said, get your Eagles to come and play for these local MLR sides, say in their markets of the fans, these guys are Olympians. They're going to be they're going to be taking part in the Olympics, come and support them and watch their journey from Right. Playing for their local team, local team to where they, they they're going to compete for a gold medal at the Olympics. Right, and you can piggyback on all the great marketing, the support it gets. So there's an incredible upside to be able to do so in that manner. Um, and I completely agree with you there, Scott. Did you have any final thoughts about this uh, topic and whether it's feasible and could become a reality? Um, I like I said, I think it's feasible. I think if we start with a shortened a series, like I said, a three-part series. Um, but I think it's also going to be hard because it's entrenched. So before I said Gary Gold, I met Mike Friday, and that's because right. I'm entrenched in 15s. And it, the people talked about it on the MLR fan zone. I forgot who it was. Somebody was talking on the fan zone and said, well, I'm a 15s purist. And I think you're going to have those people. And 15s in, is entrenched in a lot of people's minds. And you're going to have to kind of you know, really hit them heavy with a sevens model. That'll, that'll be exciting. So that way you can make me say Mike Friday instead of Gary gold every time, you know, I mean, (laughs) think about, think about that. Think it was just, it was just, you know, going off the top of my head. I was thinking about 15s when I was talking about sevens, how do we get out of that? So I do think it's feasible. I think it'll make money. 
it's definitely something you could do before the season as a lead in. And, um, you know, let's, let's get the fans involved. If you want sevens, let, let the teams know, you know, you want right. it and get your voices heard. Well, let me tag on that though, and throw another question back to you. So you spoke about a three part series and you said that a couple of times. So would that be your preferred model? And if it was, when would you see that? Would that be in, in its own calendar, in its own cycle, separate from the 15s? Or would it be in conjunction with the 15s program at the beginning of the season, middle of the season, where you can perhaps have a two-week break or on a bye weekend, you could throw in a tournament, and then at the f- end of the season as well? Um, would you see something like that? I mean, how would you see it playing out? I would see it as something when the MLR isn't playing. Um because again, you're going to have guys be pulled to the national team. You're going to have guys be pulled ARCs. You're going to have guys be pulled to sevens. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of MLR guys who are going to play Olympic sevens. Are going to try out for Olympic sevens and, right. and go that path. So, I for me, I think it would be easier to do something outside of the MLR. I think it being a lead into the season, you could do, and you can say again, LA, Dallas, and then you know Atlanta. Um, It'll be a little cold in Atlanta, but it's not as freezing as it is in New York or New England. Um, and I think it's more of getting the name out there. Like we were talking about in the last episode about esports and rugby 20. Right. Use it as use it as, as a social media tool. Use it as a way to get the fans involved. I think having a sevens tournament like that would be way better than what they tried to do with the, the start of the 2020 MLR season where they had the, the Vegas, the Vegas weekend. Correct. So, you know, you get every team there, you know, and you make it again, you have play a series, then you skip a weekend, then the next series, then you skip a weekend and then the final series and you figure out who your your teams are that are going to play and what positions they're going to be in. And Mm -hmm. it's a big partying. And I think everybody will enjoy that. The only criticism I would have to a buildup of that is over three weekends and maybe it's not significant enough because the calendars can be worked out and maybe you've got enough members in your squad but would that conflict with preseason scheduling for games? Well, it depends on how far you're going to have it out. And like I said, maybe you're using a lot of, um, you know, per diem guys who are not getting the the minutes in a regular MLR season. Maybe you're using guys on your, your um, pathway squads as everybody's getting these pathway squads now and your high performing right. stuff. Um, and maybe you're just saying, I'm going to put together an amateur sevens group out of a local group of guys that we really like. And we think they're going to go to our pathway squad and we just want to put a product down on the field. Yeah. What a so, great way to be able to scout new players then. Yeah. And, and, and maybe you don't have to do it right before the season, but do it, you know, let's say August, September, October, you know, you can do it around then. And that way you're not really in that preseason mode. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can still, if somebody so gets target that whole Academy season and use that as a pool to be able to draw from possibly. Absolutely. Because again, like I said, most guys are going to be going back and playing club rugby. I know a lot of the Rooney guys went back and played their club rugby in the fall. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys. Chris Matina might say, hey, if Rooney had a seven squad, I'll pick up the the, the weekends with them to play when I'm not playing right. with Nyack. So I, 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 could, I could see guys doing it. And I know guys, again, we've talked about it in the MLR that are sevens guys. So Right. Oh, yeah. So to be able to summarize it before I throw it over to Ruan, you would say that you're in favor of the idea. Obviously, there's a lot of kinks to be able to iron out before then. But if it were to move forward, it would be best to put it as a preseason buildup to uh, the 
15s game uh, officially launching. So uh, that way you can draw from existing player pools and you can create an invitational team and you can leverage the exposure there and moving forward with the momentum into the league. I get you. Definitely. Good points. And I feel like I'm very much on the same page, except for the fact that I think that to start more simply would be just to be able to create a rugby purpose weekend one and have all the teams there is a great way to be able to kick it off to start uh, before committing to two or three, but we're basically on the same page. So I'm going to hand it over and give the opportunity to Ruan, share your final thoughts with us. Tell us what you think. Is it feasible? Should they go ahead and pursue this? And if so, what is the biggest challenges they have to overcome? Yeah, I think I think it's a feasible it's a feasible idea. I think especially if you look at the the seven season run from December to June, and then you have that break in January. So you can use that break in January to get all your all your USA Eagle players, you guys USA Eagle Sevens players to come in and play that one weekend before, and use that as sort of a, a preseason for them in that break in January to 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 get them ready for the season I think logistics like you said uh, Scott said about 200 guys to get them in one place that could be a problem but there are ways to get around that I mean you can you said you can you can get group rates or you can use a hosting system where you get a local family to host a player or two so I think it's definitely a good idea there are some logistical issues but I don't think it'll be too big of a problem to get that that one that's that one of one off weekend before the season starts excellent well gentlemen I think that we've uh stayed the course on this one long enough and ultimately it seems that we're all on the page thinking that while it's a great idea there's definitely some work to be done if they want it to become a reality and they'll have a few obstacles to be able to amount and uh ultimately it would be a good idea it'd be a great way to connect with audiences uh and yet to yet to see if the mlr is ready to pursue this uh, but for now, the focus remains on building the 15s game, although I do believe that there's a great overlap that we hope that they'll explore. So I need to be able to take the opportunity. And there has been a great back and forth between you two. Um, I didn't actually issue the card at the time to Scott, but he acknowledged that he went well past his time, uh, although he was making some great points. So I, I did give him the leeway there. Um I mean, at the very least, it was definitely calling it back to the mark for the penalty. <laughs> so uh, ultimately, I, I, I feel that, you know, we're going to we're probably going to hand this one to Ruan. I think coming in from from an outsider's point of view, he, he had some great points, was analytical. Um, your comments about the broadcasting rights, um, giving you a much more profitable, marketable brand in sevens over 15s and helping us understand why we're what drew it forward for you. So congratulations on the win, Ron. You earned it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Scott was uh, with the opponent. Yeah. But don't worry, Scott. You've got silver with a silver medal keeps you in second. It sounds better than last. <laughs> so, uh, famous, a famous race car driver said, if you ain't first, you're last. So. You know, make, baby. Not, not too, yeah, not too happy right now. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It has been a great topic to be able to talk about. And we want to be able to know from you as the viewer of the MLR Rant podcast show. What do you think about the idea of including a seven series 
or a sevens weekend with the MLR teams that are already in existence to be able to help them build a platform to create new fans. Let us know by dropping a comment down below. Make sure that you go ahead and follow us online through all the social media platforms at the MLR Rant is our handle. And once again, that's at the MLR Rant. You can also see us on Facebook on our page where we'll be sharing this live uh, in the coming weeks. So if you have the opportunity, hit that like button. Make sure you follow us in the MLR Rant from myself, Ty Braga, Scott Ferrara, and Ruan from Dissecting Rugby. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you at the next one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.